If I could describe to give my life tour in one word, it would be vulnerability. Showing up for yourself is so important. Welcome to the Get My Life Tour. I'm your host, Lydia T. Blanco. Welcome to the Get My Life Tour. It is me, your host, Lydia T. Blanco. And like always, I am so excited that you decided to come on tour with me. If this is your first time tuning into the Get My Life Tour, welcome. I am thrilled that you decided to tune in. And if you are returning because you are often on tour, taking center stage, showing up for yourself, welcome back to the Get My Life Tour. I, you know tell you all the time how excited I am, but let me tell you something. We are going strong and I appreciate you. So thank you so much for tuning in. So as you know, well, maybe you do not know. So here in the United States today, we are celebrating Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So it is MLK Day here in the United States. I guess in every state but Arizona, I'm not sure. I think they still got that issue where they're not celebrating it. Okay, anyways, so with it being a holiday weekend, I decided that it would be great to go on tour by myself just so that you can tune in when we have a really dope guest next week. So it is me, I, Lydia Blanco, taking center stage with you this week. And I have been home in the Bay Area. So this is my second stop this year in the Bay, which I am super excited about. And I thought about what it was that I was going to talk about as I took center stage and being home, vacationing. And I actually started having this dialogue with myself this Wednesday. So every Wednesday, I actually share something that inspires me um, on my timeline on Instagram. And I use the hashtag with love Lydia Wednesday. So this with love Lydia Wednesday, I was like, Hmm, what am I going to talk about? And I spoke about the importance of being surrounded by love. And for me, that meant coming home. If you don't know, I am originally from the Bay area, born and raised in San Francisco, lived throughout the Bay at different points in my life. And the first time I left the Bay was in 2008. Now I've traveled prior to then, but I left for college in 2008 to attend Bennett College in Greensboro, North Carolina, the first black women's college. You know, I always got to let people know because people will be acting like they don't know. And if you didn't know, now you know. And I had a great experience. It was the first time that I was around a large group of productive black people in my life. Like it just was, I'd seen, you know, forms of black excellence before we started calling it that. But being in Greensboro was the first time that I was away from home for a very long time. And I was around all this, you know, black excellence, black women doing great things. And I couldn't get enough of it, but I knew that I did not want to stay in Greensboro post-graduation and I returned home. And I was home for three years and I decided to leave to New York in August of 2015 to attend Columbia. So I was used to leaving home before and there were so many reasons why I would leave home. And it was honestly because I wasn't comfortable with what home looked like for me. I wasn't 
feeling my experience being home because there was so much trauma, so much um, negative things associated with home. So this with Love Lydia Wednesday on Instagram, I actually wrote about being home because I'm back in the Bay and I love Love, love, love the Bay Area, but because it hasn't always been the most quaint experience or um, stellar experience, if you will, I have often sought out leaving home. And I actually want to talk about that this stop on a tour because I am at home and I've had so many Oh, I've had so many transformative experiences since I've been here. And this is the longest I've been home in a long time. So it's something that I really wanted to sit with, you know, be still. And I wrote about it for With Love Lydia Wednesdays. So if you do not know, every Wednesday, I actually share inspiration on my Instagram timeline. And I've coined it or deemed it. With Love Lydia Wednesday using the hashtag with Love Lydia Wednesday. It is something that I started last March and have been committed to every week since then. So shout outs to me for being committed. Okay. But being home, like I said, has been just an incredible experience this time around. I have been home for 10 days, which is longer than I've been home in a very long time. I've been real low key um, and protecting my peace and my time, my energy, and being very mindful of how I operate while I'm home just because of all of the experiences that I've had um, growing up here, you know, living here, coming back, X, Y, and Z, right? So, as I mentioned, this with Love Lydia Wednesday, I actually spoke about that. It's something that was pressing on my heart, and it is also why I decided to continue this conversation on this stop of the Get My Life tour. So, I'm actually going to read you the caption, and then we can jump into the conversation. There's no better feeling than to be surrounded by love. Contrary to popular belief, I spend a fair amount of time by myself and with young oatmeal. Oatmeal is my dog. When I'm not on the East Coast. When I left the Bay nearly five years ago, I didn't realize how transformative one-on-one time with myself would be. I've learned a great deal about myself and what makes me happy. And home is one of those places that makes my heart smile. I left the Bay caring so much. That is why when I return, I pack light. This with Love Lydia Wednesday, I want to encourage you to reconsider what home and love looks like for you. This time around, my visit feels like a great return because of my heart's posture and perspective. The fog, breeze, and airbrushed skies have welcomed me with, has welcomed me home with open arms. Let love guide you home. It's an inside job. So that was my caption for with Love Lydia Wednesday and I sat with that for a minute before sharing it. I was like, do I want to talk about home? Because for me, home has always been attached to this feeling of shame. I've always felt ashamed or embarrassed by what home looks like for me. And I've said it before, I believe, you know, I have experienced housing insecurity. Um, I've lived in, you know, what some would consider a trap house. I've lived in, um, you know, 
different hoods with different family members. So it's something that I've never been extremely open about. You know, I've written about it for, um, you know, different applications, you know, just sharing my story. Now I know that my story is mine to tell, right? And um, I have power over the narrative and the parts of my story that I choose to share. Um, And home has always been one that was really touchy for me, really touchy. And, you know, I was thinking and I was praying and I was meditating and it was really put on my heart to share that because home looks different for everyone. You know, I think we all hear things like what stays in this, what happens in this house stays in this house. I feel like oftentimes it does not. And when it does, it kills people in their spirits. Um, but I just want to share a little bit what my experience has been like home, right? Aside from my With Love Lydia Wednesday caption, um, for me, I finally feel like I have a place in the Bay Area. I left, like I said, carrying so much the shame, the trauma, the hurt, defeat, all of these things. When I left at 18, 19 years old, I was like, oh, I am gone. Okay. I did not apply to one college in California. I didn't have a fallback school. I knew I was leaving. My sister had already left to Howard and I was like, I'm going to go to HBCU and do great things like her. So I applied a number of places and Bennett is where I wanted to be. And I was able to build community there and friendships that are still thriving. Um, sisterhood, of course, right? That's what Bennett is all about. And really practice, put into practice what I wanted home to look like in my dorm room, in my first off-campus apartment with one of my closest friends. Um, I remember moving in with her and her roommates and I was just like, okay, let's let's have a master plan. I'm gonna move in, I'm gonna sleep on an air mattress in your room. We're gonna go half on groceries and then by senior year, we gonna live on our own and be lit and we gonna move over to Spring Garden because that was the nice side of Greensboro. And we just gonna be driving back and forth in our little cars and live our best lives. And we spoke it into existence and it happened. Um, but what I realized is that we often um, leave with, we leave home as who we are. And when we go out, we create, you know, um, based on who we want to be, be, excuse me, and build um, based on who and where we want to be. And that rang true for me. Um, I remember sleeping, you know, in my mother's workplace. I remember sleeping, you know, anywhere we could lay our head. Um, Oh, I'm saying I'm a lot because I'm nervous telling y'all this story. Well, hello. Welcome to the Give My Life Tour. But I remember always envisioning what home would look like. I didn't think of no white picket fence. I just wanted to be warm and I wanted everyone to be secure and happy. And there'd be like a gate possibly. I think it's because we always lived in the hood. I felt like homes with gates were more secure, not fences, but gates. Okay. Um, in a top block too. But 
I remember leaving home for the first time and being able to build community. So what I will say is when you leave home, it is important to build community. Also, to not be extremely resentful. When I left to Bennett, when I left to Greensboro, I can honestly say I left California. A girl, a young lady with so much baggage. And when I got to where I was going, I had to learn how to to unpack. And that often means you can't bring everything with you. And there's some things that that you do carry with you that you have to get rid of. So as you head to your next destination in search of home, creating home, remember um, that you are going to have to, you know, unpack and get rid of things that no longer serve you. I think sometimes we often focus on packing light and we don't actually focus on the things that we are carrying and need to get rid of. I remember thinking I needed to leave California with everything I owned because I knew I wasn't coming back. I was like, I ain't coming back. Yes, that too. I need baby photos, birth certificates, everything. I, I just needed to leave home so badly. And it wasn't even home. I'm using the word home um, for lack of a better word, um, just given my experience. But when I got to that dorm room freaking Jones Hall at Bennett College, I realized um, even though I felt like I did not have much, there was so much that I needed to get rid of in order to move forward. I only had a limited amount of space in that dorm room. I couldn't take it all as much as I wanted to, right, because I had a roommate, but I had to remember that I had to compartmentalize, and in order to do that, I had to get rid of some stuff because, you know, when you look at things old things that you bring into new spaces, it becomes emotional. And there oftentimes isn't space for that, right? Um, But that was a part of me creating home in my dorm room, getting rid of things and creating new, um, you know, ambiance, organizing space differently to let different energies in and be able to communicate clearly um, with my roommate at the time. But... My point is make sure that you are comfortable with getting rid of things. Now, I know this stop on the tour is about going home, but this is the journey that led me to going home. So I hope that you are sticking with me. You know, I often think about how I describe home to people and how I described home to people when I was in college. And it is most definitely different than when I described home to people in grad school, after coming back after college, and all these different time frames in my life. What I will say is that it is important to be mindful of how you paint the picture of home to other people, right? I think you know, a number of people have had the experience where people are trying to pry into their business to see what's going on in the home, if they've had certain experiences growing up as a child or whatever the case may be. But what what comes to mind is people only create what they have the tools to build. I'm going to say it again because I slipped over my words a little bit. People only create what they have the tools to build. 
in saying that, I'm saying to you that the home that you grew up in may have not been perfect, but that the foundation of that home was built with the tools that your parents, your caregivers, guardians, grandparents, mama and them, your father, God, parents, whatever the case may be, the tools that they had is what they used to build the foundation of their home. And when you, you know, when I say that, it puts home into perspective for me because it's kind of hard to um, build something that's perfect for someone else with the blueprint that you have. Not everyone is a developer, right? So these developers, architects, designers have these grand ideas. And sometimes people are telling them what to build and other times they're like, oh no, I can see it in my head. Let me put it on the paper. And then someone moves in, they buy the space, whatever, right? I'm not in real estate or architect, but that comes to mind because sometimes people can build something that's so perfect and other times people don't have those references or experiences or, you know, the acumen to do so. Um, I think about my parents all the time and I think about their childhoods and I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm keeping my business out these streets black for the most part. But since we're transparent and vulnerable here on the Give My Life Tour, I'll give you just a little bit, okay? Just enough. Um, my father is the son of Honduran Garifuna Afro-Latino immigrants from Honduras. Born and raised in the South Bronx, had to fend for himself. My mother is a black American woman whose parents came from Mississippi to California during the Great Migration. She was one of two children who were actually born in San Francisco. Everyone else was born in Mississippi and her home looked perfect from the outside. And on the inside, it was a completely different story. Seven daughters. She was the seventh and my father was the oldest of three and, you know, bore a lot of responsibilities. The two of them had their own issues. They loved each other tough and they loved each other until they didn't. And that really shaped what home looked like. Their childhood experiences shaped what home looked like. Every ounce of love and dysfunction literally created this shaky foundation of a home that we had and we did not have. Um, and during my process of maturation and lived experiences, I now know that they only piece together to build home for me and my sister themselves as best as they knew how. Right. Um, so now I can look at it that way. Right. But when you're growing up and you're going through the thick of it and things are falling apart, literally the home is falling apart or you don't have a home anymore. You're like, what was me? I don't understand. I'm mad. Got a lot of anger, um, a lot of fear, resentment, pain, all these things. Um, but in sharing that with you all, I just hope that it puts a lot you know, into perspective for you as you reflect on your experiences and what home has looked like for you. When I think about home now, 
what I think of is forgiveness, especially as it relates to those experiences and ones similar to those. I also think about the the urgency of being who you needed. Now, let me tell you something. There are less than 3% um, of black people who live in San Francisco. I don't know the total number for the Bay Area. I could have Googled it. I could Google it right now, but I'm not about to click out of this interface to go to another one. But I can honestly say there were not many people who look like me who came back. You know, by no means have I arrived. I am on my way and I'm excited about my journey. But I know that it is extremely important for people to hear from me and see me. I've always felt that calling on my life. And I've always felt that sense of urgency, you know, through the form of mentorship and all these other things, every form of relationship, right? There are so many people who are waiting to hear from you and see you. When I think about going home, I think about that experience as well. And I don't think it's something that people should take lightly. Serving, giving back, being available and being present where you are is so important. I, you know, think about all the people who I would have loved to heard from, um, people who I would love to have been connected with. They just did not come back. And for me, I'm like, mm, that's not okay. I don't ever want to be that person. So I also think it's important to go home for those reasons as well. And you never know who needs you. Um, there are people, oh, Ivan McGregor. Ivan McGregor is dope. Sorry, I had to stop my my train of thought um, because this came to mind. She talked about the ones, the twos, and the threes um, as far as people who you are in relationship with. And she said the ones are people who you aspire to, you know, hopefully be similar to or be where they are in position um, or have some level of, um, you know, high vibration, I guess I would call it. So those would be like, you know, the Oprah's of the world and whomever else, right? It may not be Oprah for you. I get it. Uh, LeBron James, let's use a male reference as well, right? It may not be LeBron James, but I get it. Um, The twos are people who are standing beside you who are journeying with you, who are encouraging you to get further ahead in life and just be your best self. And then the threes are people who are you who you are reaching back for, maybe mentors, family members who are on their way, um, anyone who isn't necessarily beneath you, right? That's not what I'm saying, but a little further behind on their journey who you can help lift up so that they can become a two as the one reaches for you, right? Or you as, as you aspire to be where the one is. I love this methodology um, and I had to share it with you, right? But when I think about home, I think about that methodology. You know, I have some twos. I most definitely want to be the one in life. Um, and there are some ones who I'm just like, okay, hey, thank you for reaching back. But there are also people who are threes in my life who I'm like, come on. And a lot of those people are home. A lot of those people are here in the Bay Area. And I'm just like, I see you. I feel you. I have shared experiences with you. And I will be connected to you how I need to so that you can win. I always tell people winning for me looks like everyone around me winning. 
And that is why it is so important at this point in my life to be home. I have felt that so much during my time here in the Bay Area. And it is something that really excites me and, you know, calls me to a higher vibration because I want everyone to win. Like if you're listening to this and you are home, I am talking to and about you. I want you to win. And no matter where you are listening from, because I appreciate everyone who's tuned in every week from around the world, I want you to win. Identify your ones, your twos, and your threes in your hometown. Figure out who those people are and, you know, put together a plan, strategize to win with those people. You know, after doing a lot of my work as a woman, as a believer, as someone who is just human, right, navigating this world, I have realized that the Bay Area is somewhere that I recharge. I'm able to charge my battery here. I'm able to come home, be by water, be surrounded by love, take time to be still and be quiet and really get the fuel or the energy that I need in order to be good, right? And to move forward. I'm in New York. I'm traveling. I'm on planes. I'm walking fast, you know, trying to make sure I'm on a train on time and then getting off the train and going up the stairs and walking oatmeal. Long story short, I do a lot just like you do. And I don't realize often how much energy that requires. I am like burnt out, quite frankly. And I knew that I had to come home and recharge my battery. I think that requires a a certain level of discernment. And you have to know that home can be that place for you. I think sometimes people go so hard from their hometowns and this and that, you know, when they're at a function or they're sharing where they're from, but there's so much baggage associated with home that they don't actually think about returning. But what's interesting to me is how regularly people win when they go home, when they return to the spaces where they got their grit and ambition. It's almost like they're unstoppable. And I'm like, hmm, I actually want to experience that, right? So I had to come home for that. There's, you know, there's no place like home, whether that be, you know, a good thing or a bad thing. But, you know, like I said on With Love Lady Wednesday and why we're having this conversation now, I think it's important to have that experience. To that point, home is where the heart is. Even if you have had your heart and your expectations broken, Knowing, learning, and experiencing that home is where the heart is has been extremely healing and helpful for me on my journey. Coming home, this vacation time, I call it a vacation because it really has been right, even though I'm not on an island. I much rather spend quality time with the people I love and who pour into me than to have my feet in the sand by myself relaxing. And I know that sounds crazy for some people and excuse me, I just scratched the mic with my fingernail, but I really feel like that at this point in my life. I spend so much time by myself in New York and I travel solo a lot um, for work, even when I'm going to an event for work or whatever the case may be, if I'm on a press trip. But I knew 
that home is where the heart is. And to be surrounded by love really is so empowering. It is so invigorating and it just warms me up and it recharges me. I have hugged babies. I have kissed people endlessly, received so many hugs and just leaned on people in ways that I'm not able to do in my everyday life in New York. And in my healing, I've been able to come back home and be open to those experiences. There most definitely was a point in time where I was like, I don't need to be in the Bay Area. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to answer my phone. I just don't want this. Right? Because of all of my hurts. Um, but in having a new perspective, a newfound experience, and knowing that home is where the heart is, I've been able to be receptive to being surrounded by love. You know, one of the things that I've been practicing as I've been home is belonging. I think that belonging is something that we really do have to put into practice, right? Because we can occupy so many spaces, but not really feel like we belong. But taking up space um, and belonging is so important. You know, for me as a black woman, as a Afro-Latina woman, being from San Francisco, especially because, did I say especially? I think I did, especially, excuse me, um, because People don't automatically place you in San Francisco geographically. They're like, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from the Bay, from San Francisco. They're like, oh, are you really from Oakland? And I tell them no, because I'm not. And I don't often feel the need to correct people when I've already told them the accurate information. There's nothing wrong with Oakland. I love it. Oh, my gosh, I do. But what I'm saying is, is that practicing belonging in a city as a black woman, as an Afro-Latina woman, is so important because people do not automatically think of black people when they think about San Francisco. Um, And now, especially with Silicon Valley, the Bay Area, they're like, oh, no black people live over there. But I say all this to say this time around, I'm like, let me drive through neighborhoods that people think I have no business being in this time around because I just want to see and speak some things into existence. Let me actually, you know, Take my time walking and be a tourist in my own city. So many people have had, you know, mixed experiences. I'll speak for myself. I often um, times have felt like I did not belong just because of the way that I've been treated as a black person in San Francisco or just in the Bay Bay Area in general. So this time I'm like, let me actually just get lost in a couple of places. I know the city, most parts, um, I guess most hoods, like the back of my hand. But San Francisco is very segregated in their neighborhoods. I did not feel comfortable in going. But yesterday I ended up on Millionaire's Row and I took a lap twice around um, the block because I was like, you know what? Let me just take my time. Like who is rushing me? I belong here. Look, I'm not going to break an entry, um, but I most definitely have every right to be in this area. Um, so doing things like that when you go home is good. Get lost in your city. Be a tourist. Um, you, you owe it to yourself to explore where you are from in its fullness. I think we gain a new sense of pride when we do that. We become more familiar with uncharted territory, and we really are able to practice belonging and taking up space as black people, as people of color, Um, because, you know, 
Sometimes we are told that we do not belong when we do, no matter what city, state, country, um, you know, continent you are from. It's also, there's also so much beauty in being lost and exploring. For me, one of the most rewarding parts in coming home this time around has literally been being around my family and reconnecting with people who I have not seen in years. I needed that. I am a physical touch person. I am a quality time person. So I have literally been spending as much time and touching people as much as I can. That may sound extremely creepy when I listen back to that, but it just is what it is. Those are my love languages. Of course, gifts too, just in case you were wondering. But I really appreciate quality time. That is how you get to know people more intimately, more deeply, um, and just really charge up if that is one of the ways that you charge up. As I've mentioned, you know, a number of times already, I spend a lot of time by myself and being around other people, laughing, connecting, going deep, um, crying, whatever it is, just sharing and having that energy just flow has been extremely good for me. And that is something that I didn't think was available to me at home at certain points in my life. And now I know it's here. So it is something that I long for. It is reasons why I often think about hmm, my transition back to California because I need to be surrounded by that. You know, you can have so much. You can be in the thick of your career, your journey, and feel like, what is this worth if I do not have love, if the people who I love and who support me are so far away? I often have those thoughts, quite frankly. And this time at home, I'm just like, you know what? Hmm, this makes more sense than I thought it did. I've never taken family for granted or friends and quality relationships for granted. I've always longed for deeper connections and commitment and consistency and all of those things. And what I will say is that I didn't realize that all of that was where I left until I went looking for other things that I needed to, you know, fulfill me or satisfy me or things that I wanted to pursue. So I, I challenge you to think about the things that, you know, that exist for you at home that you may be leaving, you know, for some trade-offs or some things that you are in search of, all, you know, which rightfully may be what they are elsewhere. But think about those things that, you know, are waiting for you at home with open arms as well. I believe that all of our journeys back home look extremely different. And I've been thinking about my mic drop moment quite a bit because I'm like, okay, I don't want it to be too corny, but I do want it to be impactful. And I want there to be some kind of metaphorical reference or something. But look, I feel like the only direction I can give you um, or my mic drop moment is a direction, right? Um, and it's a simple direction that you probably learned when you first were learning how to cross the street. But close your eyes really quickly if you wish to. And visualize being at an intersection. Now picture your home across the street from you. On our journeys, most people know the direction to their home with their eyes closed. That's something I practiced as a child. Whenever we had a ride home or I even knew 
what stop the bus was at with my eyes closed because I always wanted to know how to get home. Now, I want you to think about what home looks like. Look through the window. Is anyone home? Is the light on? Is it off? Is it empty? Is it cold? Is it warm? Is someone waiting for you with open arms? Is there a scent? Is it somewhere you no longer want to return? Are you excited to be there? I'm not sure. Take a deep breath. Look both ways. Stop. Look. Listen. Now cross the street with every intention to experience home the way you've always wanted to. I don't know what is on the other side of the street aside from the physical home that you imagine or envision, one that you actually grew up in, remember going to, called home, didn't refer to it as such. But my advice to you is to simply stop, look, and listen. I know there's the directions for crossing the street, but I often think that we forget those simple directions as we journey. Being still, being observant, and being attentive are all things that we have to be as we journey, as we think about what home looks like for us, because it gives us the opportunity to reflect, be present, and create, right? I hope that in closing your eyes, you got one step closer to home. And I hope that my mic drop moment was extremely helpful for you. I know we don't typically reflect on it, but I felt like it was important. Um, It was what was put on my heart. Go home. Go home. I look forward to being back in New York, but I look forward to coming home. It has been real. I hope that you have enjoyed the stop on the tour. And I really hope that you are one step closer to going home or creating the home you've always longed for. Remember, it's an inside job. I will see you on the next stop of the Get My Life tour. It has been real. Peace.